Hello, welcome to uh, the second episode of One Book, One Film and One Song. Uh, hi, Charlie, you're with me this week. Hi, Sam. Nice to be here. Nice but to be invited back virtually. as a permanent feature. Yeah, virtually, obviously, because of social distancing. Yeah. Well, we and had so many good positive, positive feedback. feedback. <laughs> just We're so business these works. days. <laughs> it does just work. And we've got another um, one, another good friend on, haven't we, this week, Rasheen? Yeah, hopefully the, um, the good vibes continue into this week's interview. Probably should say that we will be chatting to some people that we don't necessarily know really well at some point yeah um, we just got to warm ourselves but, up don't we yeah and i suppose we're just lucky to know loads, loads of, people of great that are doing people cool, cool exactly stuff. yeah so yeah rasheen um talks about come together collective uh, which is something you know quite a, quite a lot about you've been to a lot of their events i have yeah um and she also talk you talk guys talk quite a lot about being irish as well don't you yeah, well, yeah, theme. I kind of <laughs> prominent theme. Yeah, this it's a big theme in in the pod. I yeah, I, I hijack that for. I don't think Rasheen says she didn't want it to just be about that, but I mean, her choices tell a different kind story. Of, yeah, really. kind of dictated being about that. Absolutely. But yeah, so obviously we find out Rasheen's choices as well. We talk about come together. Lots of literary chat actually gets kind of English degree tutorial at some points, which, you know, is nice as well. Mm -hmm. And she tells the story, uh, the immortalised story of how she got her nickname as well, doesn't she? Oh, yes. So she's known as Raisin McCann, so... For a reason. Uh, she, she, yeah, she lets us know why at the end as well. It's a really enjoyable chat i really had a good time it was lovely it was lovely to catch up all together yeah um so hopefully the listeners enjoy it as well i think they will so yeah enjoy we'll we'll just segue into the we'll just fade into the the chat <laughs> You're right, Rasheen. Welcome, uh, welcome, Rasheen, to the poddy. Thanks, Sam. I'm really happy to be here. I'm good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm grand. I've got my little red wine. I'm happy to see you too in the flesh after such a long time. What are you drinking today, Sam? So last weekend, I accidentally bought one. Well, kind of accidentally, but bought like I had like forty beers in the fridge. So I'm still making my way through them. I ended up with like two. <laughs> okay. Like three different beer subscriptions all came at once, and perfect. Yeah, it's pretty good. What kind of? Where are they from? Uh, yeah, who are you drinking? Like, are we talking here? Yeah. Uh, this is Chimera India Pale Lager. This is Drygate Brewery. Wow, lovely! I think we used to. Mm. I think we used to have a bit of a Drygate at Fallow, maybe Glasgow, Scotland. I've mm. not heard about it, but that does not mean that we didn't have it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like the can of can they might have had at Fellow. <laughs> cool. Pretty gravy. What are you tippling? What's your tipple today, Charlie? Um, actually, tonight, guys, I'm going to be representing two small um, northern breweries. Um, so we've got a little shindigger, Alaya, my fave here. We Delicious. do like a bit of shindigger. And also my other fave, my, uh, Grapefruit Highwire. Lovely. Oh, that is definitely Hudd- a Fellow classic, if there ever Huddersfield. was one. Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, Huddersfield, yes. I actually... 
got given this and saved it for today, Sam, because I thought that you would um, appreciate something from your home county. Lovely. This could be. This could be. We could turn this into a craft beer potty podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So definitely. much potential. Exactly. Just um, beers used to sell and follow. Machine, are you impressed by machine set up today, Sam? Yeah, you look really professional, Rasheen. Yeah, I've got like a proper <laughs> mic, massive headphones. Um, so, <laughs> shall we? Shall we introduce Rasheen? Do you want to do the honors, Charlie? I will. So today we have Rasheen McCann, who is also a fellow fellow alumni. But that isn't mm-hmm. the only selection criteria. We would like to be clear about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, there will there will be guests in the future that haven't worked at Fallow Cafe. We just need to figure out who. Um, and yeah. then Machine also is, what title do you give yourself, Machine? Are you like CEO, creative director of Come Together? Uh, What's your this like? This is like a question that, yeah, it's a, I don't know. But yeah, let's go with creative director. Well, that sounds very, very grandiose. Um, chief yeah, I suppose like chief organizer, just founded, founded it with... Um, Ellie and then have watched it grown since then and just to get involved and what and kind of stuff has just come together and do so like I obviously know because I've been looking up come to quite a few of the events but do you want to give us a little what's your like spiel yes. about it it is a music and arts events collective so we organize well primarily we organize events um they're sort of DIY events so the first one that we did was in October last year, 2019, and it was an art exhibition in our sort of the two living rooms in our house. Um, and then there was a music live music gig upstairs. And it's just basically um, the whole premise is sort of obviously to bring people together, as the name suggests, um, mm-hmm. and to sort of give a platform to um the many many creatives and artists and musicians in our community and uh, amongst our friends and further as well get people to interact with each other and to um meet up with people from their community um, and sort of experience something together um and they're like temporary diy spaces so they happen in our home we sort of transform our just our normal house into these event spaces like we've done a pop-up cinema and um other music gigs and things like that um we had a fundraiser as well in the beagle and yeah it's just about sort of transforming these spaces into places where people from the community they can come together and um just yeah give a platform to people and have the crack and have a nice few time awesome. um, is that i mean that wasn't very succinct but yeah, that's, that was great. That was no, lovely. That was, I think yeah. you got it. Yeah. <laughs> and for yeah. someone who hasn't yet to experience a come together party or yes thing, I'm yeah, <laughs> I'm very you event. sold. I'm sold. Yeah. I'm completely sold. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, I'm a bit great. gutted that I haven't been to one yet. It sounds awesome. I know. I know. You'll have to get to the next one. Um, but I've I've been looking at your kind of like social media stuff as well, and it like there's what struck me is the kind of diversity of the events or like things that you've been putting on, but also like everyone who's involved mm-hmm. in it as well seems to be, seems to be yeah, quite dem- um, democratic, democratically run. Yeah. Yeah. 
definitely true and definitely what we try to do as well like it started off um with me and Ellie and then it's grown there's like lots and lots of girlies involved now and boys as well but it's it's definitely like a female-led sort of thing but yeah sort of everyone we have obviously meetings and everyone who not just the sort of key organizers we have meetings and we have a say in what we do but we like to all the artists who get involved um and all the musicians and any performers or contributors that get involved we like them to um feel like they're comfortable in what's happening and what's and they, they can sort of put their mark on it as well and yeah. um so yeah like we have meetings with everyone who is wanting to get involved and we collaborate a lot with you know the artists and whoever wants to do their thing so it's it's not just like a we've decided on this one thing that's going to happen and we ask people to get involved it is very much a back and forth between everyone who gets involved which is really really fun and I feel like I've learned so much from all the people that I've got to meet and even just my friends who are doing this with me I feel like I learn so much from them every time we do it and it's really really nice yeah so we definitely try to have a very very open door and open idea policy and just sort of um go with and it just makes it so much more exciting and you know you sort of have this little seed of an idea and then what it actually turns out to be is this completely different or like completely unexpected thing from what it started off at from all those people getting involved so it's really really you've done some really cool stuff as well machine haven't you because I'm lucky enough to live just up the road from machine um Mm -hmm. you've done some cool stuff in lockdown as well because it's not I think you've kind of spoken about like physical spaces haven't you and kind of putting on events yeah I think COVID has made it kind of expand a little bit do you think into being kind of like a it's expanded really well virtually you've done a lot of like promoting of stuff that people could be involved with promoting of artists who are trying to get stuff going as well in lockdown um so I think you've made that transition really well as well do you think yeah um yeah and that's definitely something we um decided that we wanted to do because obviously at the core of it is wanting people to feel connected and and wanting artists to have that chance to show their work and be encouraged to make work and I think obviously when lockdown happened it kind of as a sort of events collective that is something that we have that has had to be put on pause sort of indefinitely but yeah like definitely from the beginning we sort of started this thing called home to home which is a virtual uh sort of exhibition space and just sort of almost like a rolling exhibition and performance space but um it's turned into a really really nice way to keep connected with everyone and we've got sort of like little things like the portrait swap that um I think you were talking about and little things that people can do themselves and just keep everyone in the loop with each other in a nice way of keeping up with each other and yeah just obviously a lot of people are using this time to get creative and art is really helping a lot of people get through so did you know Sam that machine can draw so well you no, like I didn't I so literally, we did like this portrait swap and then Bushin was like oh I don't know about mine I'm not sure I'm not sure if it's very good I was like oh god let's have a look like prepping to be really nice about it not like nice but like supportive and then you showed me and I was like that is ridiculous so good Aww. like ridiculously good but I wasn't well, like surprised I knew you could draw but I was like just a, you wouldn't normally have would you thing is I'm like a I'm a big doodler like you know that kind of thing but then top doodler <laughs> the top doodler like but you know they're just like and then I I don't know why I just took seemed to I suppose yeah it was like sort of near the start of lockdown and I was like I'm gonna just like really get into this 
thing and like it was a picture of our friend Andy Alf Whippy um and just shout out yeah shout out to Alf Whippy but you know that was a really nice thing for me and I feel like hopefully that's how other people have felt about it as well it's funny that you mention because I I think everyone's kind of yeah been getting a bit more creative in in lockdown but did you see I think it it might have been the Daily Mail but it might I might be wrong but there was like a list of like five five most oh God, essential jobs yeah, yeah, and yeah. five like least essential jobs and like oh, the, no, least, I haven't seen this. the the least essential job on what they said was like artist and it's just like right. obviously I, I feel like has lockdown not proved that that is completely wrong because everyone is consuming so much uh mm, now yeah. aren't they they're listening to uh-huh. more podcasts watching more tv shows like listening to more music like Surely, like, yeah, absolutely. creativity has been the thing that's been keeping people sane, really, maybe. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. like, useful to who? Like, because artists have been, like, do you know what I mean? Is it, like, monetizing it? And if the, if, you're ba- if you're basing usefulness on how much money it brings in, then maybe our priorities are wrong, too. Yeah, yeah and exactly. I think, like, this, yeah, this is definitely a time when maybe, because we have so much time with ourselves, the kind of things in our mental health and whatever that we can maybe more easily push to the side because we don't have the same distractions are coming up a lot more and that's maybe why and art and exercise and music and all those kind of things definitely are we're seeing are just so important to keep us going during that definitely so if it was the daily meal i mean you know yeah why 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 am i surprised yeah so talking before for sure i'm gonna do a good segue here Talking Go on, of talking of you know art and creativity, let's get on to the the theme. And can we ask you what your one book is that you would that has shaped you in some way, Rasheen? Yeah, we definitely can. Um, so I was a little bit apprehensive to say this book because you know it's a bit of a classic and. Basically, I've chosen Ulysses by James Joyce. Um, yeah. Easy read. Couple, couple hundred. <laughs> Took a day. Afternoon. Yeah, just a day. Yeah, it's all I mean, right. You, it's a bit like, you told it's a bit us, pedestrian, but it's fine. Yeah, you told us that yesterday or the day before, and I, I, just, I just whizzed through it in like, just in, in the next Yeah, hour. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I, I reread it a couple of times. Just in the yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's one of those books that um you know has a reputation and all that kind of crack but I um I think I well I studied it while I was at uni so I did English lit and again it's not like a book that I would read just because it's for the pleasure of reading it or anything like that like I, and some people maybe it is the case with Ulysses but I got a lot out of it I think because I studied it and yeah. You had this quite big build up to studying it because I remember you like nearly didn't get on the module and you'd wanted to read yeah, it for ages. I remember yeah, this like big yeah. drama around even reading it. It was like that's, before that's you read true, it, it was like still this defining book for you, I thought. Yeah. yeah, I had to like really put my foot on it. Well, I because I'd been in France the year before on my Erasmus year and I'd like read it. Well, I say read it, like got through part of it, but like, you know, was reading away at it so I could do it the next year and then there was some sort of like timetable and issue that there'd been since anyway basically because I did French as well they were like no you can't do Ulysses and 
all this kind of crack and there's no room for you on the course and I was just like I've read the bloody book this year like I'm gonna study it so I had to go through this whole thing and it was this big drama and then eventually I got on the course and I was like oh god I've really like fought to be on this module and now I'm probably gonna not even be able to get through it but yeah got on the got on the course eventually so shout out to the University of Manchester admin team because they sorted me out there <laughs> when you studied it did it like beat the bar yeah so so I mean and now I, it's hard to talk about Ulysses like sounding really pretentious but I like even though I've like read big chunks of it and whatever I still haven't really scratched the surface of like what's in it and all that kind of crack so it it did in like a lot of ways it you know, it's met my expectations, but I think there's, I don't know, it's kind of, it's not something that you can like have, well, it's not something that I like have a final even idea of yet because it is like so complicated. And people always ask me what, and I always thought that what you see is like, what could possibly make it so difficult to read? Like it's in English. Like, why would it be so difficult? But I think, uh, yeah, you just have to open it up and read it before you can sort of see but I think the reason I enjoyed it so much and the reason why it's influenced me so much is because of all the learning sort of around it and the issue, and the topics that it covers or the things that it made me think about just about language and all that kind of thing so that really has influenced how I think about language and sort of think about how it influences our perception and right and how writing about things and even the way you speak about things affects how you see the world so and that was sort of what I really got into with it which you know so that's probably why it's influenced me more than other other books that I've read it's sort of it's like an ongoing thing with it I feel like you know I could read it every every day of my life and still not really get get through the whole things so well actually it's set on the 16th of June which three days ago was like Bloomsday so every year fans slash nerds of Ulysses celebrate Bloomsday and um it's like this this day that the book is set on the 16th of June and yeah you're right though it's it's like one day in in Dublin I think it goes from like eight in the morning until two in the morning the next day and I think yeah it's obviously I mean obviously it's called Ulysses and it kind of like is based on the Odyssey and that kind of thing but yeah I don't know I can't even I don't think I'm even like qualified to explain it even though I did a whole module on it so how do people celebrate Bloomsday what do you do to celebrate um so in Dublin obviously not so much this year but in general I've never been to it actually but it's like a really big deal people because it you can almost map out where where it happens exactly in Dublin like I think that was maybe we need a team trip to go definitely yeah Bloomsday. once you fit yeah exactly well hopefully next year it'll be happening again but like yeah people just dress up you know like they might have dressed in 1904 and people put on different like productions of it and they go around and some of them sometimes they eat the food that he eats in Ulysses which is like liver and tongue and all the food that Bloom eats and they have these little meals and then they just do a little tour of Dublin where he went during the day, which is quite cute because obviously it's this huge big book that takes people to read, but it does just all happen in one day. And I think in part of it is meant to show like it's just one single day, but so much happens in one yeah. day. 
And so Sam, you asked me a really nice question about how you felt like the book, I'd applied like stuff from the book to my life. So we kind of spoke about like thinking about things differently. And I wondered, Rasheen, what you'd kind of like learnt from like your experience of reading it or like that thing of like it never being like fully kind of detangled or understood. Is there something that you've like, because it's obviously books that have influenced us rather than our favourite ones. So what's, what yeah. do you feel like the kind of influence has been? sort of to do with the language was sort of the key thing that I um took from it and but then other things sort of came out of that so the idea that language and sort of the way that we sort of affects how we see the world but also constructs it so language is almost can be limiting um but then if you use it in sort of new ways it can you can reimagine the world almost through language. It's it's quite hard. I feel like I'm I'm not that good at explaining it. Maybe if you'd asked me like two years ago when I was studying it, but it's it's basically made me <laughs> think about. Like, I know, I know. It's I haven't thought since I graduated uni, so it's quite hard. But no, it makes. Yeah. Um, I get it's that. Sort of. But language, language exactly. frames our language frames our whole world, doesn't it? You can't like. Yeah. Nothing exists if you can't describe it in in such a yeah. way. Exactly. And what, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's what like changed. That's why that's why they say like Homo sapiens like ended up being like the rulers of the world because we had the language to describe like oh if you go up that river and cross it there might be um, a crocodile there and it will it'll kill you. We yeah, had the language to we were... describe that, but other yeah. other humans didn't. Other sapiens didn't. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, lang- yeah and nothing really to... exists if you can't describe it. Yeah, that and we're able, so we're able to like pass on yeah, information. Yeah, that's that was lovely. That is nice. But yeah, and it, but it, in this thing, it's sort of like you, it can, because we've like conventionalized language to be intrinsic or, you know, the signified is naturalized with the signifier. Um, I, I don't know what that means. I've got an English degree, so like I'm just a okay. stone cold international relations student over here. I feel like I'm really trying to harp back to things that I used to understand, yeah. but maybe don't. <laughs> this is an academic podcast now. I know. I'm like I've got the scraps of what I learned, but not my the brain is like really thing. trying to crawl at every <laughs> anyway, kind of basically kind of what I'm trying to say to in know. a roundabout way is. It opened my mind. No, it was just, I don't know. It just made me. It opened my mind. That's it opened my it mind. Did. That's cool. No, that's um, but of, of, obviously, um, Rasheen, yeah. you're Irish and James Joyce is, well, probably, you know, the, the father of Irish literature. So do you think that, do you think you connected it in a way? Is there. Um, I'm just jump, I mean, maybe I'm jumping to assumptions that there's a you felt more of a connection. I think you're jump, with it. jumping into your topic. No, I'm joking. Um, Sam's been desperate to talk about Ireland the whole time. I know. It's a really, really good know, job of not talking about. He's it. like, okay, yeah, lang- language, whatever. But also, yeah, he was like, he was a teen, like you. Irish. No. Well, <laughs> when are we going to get on to the good stuff? Come on. Yeah. Can we just start singing Irish. Like, yeah. <laughs> Let's just start singing Van Morrison. Come on. Oh, God. Um, I know. Well, Not your song, though, Rasheen, was it? Because I thought you'd choose Van Morrison as a money for your song. I know, well... We don't give any spoilers away. I know. Well, that's a... Don't think that's a spoiler. That's like a A teaser. teaser. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't... It's not Van Morrison, so everyone is... 
on the edge of their seat. Everyone's surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could have been, but I decided not to be do a triple threat on the cliche like I've got. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, obviously the book, well, maybe not obviously, but there is a lot of references to Irish history. It was published at a um, time uh, in sort of a turning point in Irish history. So, yeah, that made, that is definitely interesting. And um, I think when I was studying it, I maybe had a bit of a thing where I didn't want to go down the this is Irish and I'm Irish and I'm going to talk about that route. Yeah. Because yeah, I was yeah. really interested. I was really, you know, because obviously he was very important in Irish literature, but he's just, it was very important just literature in general. And Mm -hmm. I think about those kind of things I was talking about. So um, that definitely came up and it, you know, it's obviously a book that I've always been aware of, but I think most people have, but um, you know, it's interesting because I think Ireland as a country, because it's one that used to have its own language and now has a different language, the English language. I think that idea of the language you speak, not just being a matter of communicating certain things, but also having other implications and affecting you in other ways is quite an interesting topic Yeah. Um, within that yeah. culture and that history. And I think that is something that I find really, really, really interesting. Um, and I think, yeah, Joyce was probably very aware of that even though he obviously wrote in English and you know loved the English language like that it wasn't I don't think I think a lot of these Irish writers even though they were Irish they really did love the English language and that kind of thing but it is interesting to think of it in that context and you know take those kind of things out of it so it's always nice that it's that kind of you have that kind of connection and you know you can recognize the places and the events and things like that that happen within the book and sort of the good thing about a book like that is like there's so many interpretations that you can sort of almost take it what from it what you want kind of thing so that you know it is nice that it's within that culture and within that history as well yeah so yeah. I was I was listening to do you listen to the blind boy podcast or mm. do you know blind boy I do I do listen yeah of course the rubber bandits yeah I do listen to some of it. uh he was talking about this uh, it might have been his one this week or a couple of weeks ago but I listened to it this week and like there was an Irish woman who's obviously moved to England she died and her children wanted to put um forever in our hearts in Gaelic on her um gravestone and the it went to like it went to like an English court, like an English like thing. Really? And, Did you send and, this to me? I've heard about this. And the the judge, I've not heard of this. The judge refused to to let that have be forever in our hearts in Gaelic on her gravestone. Um, we, he said he'll allow it if there was a translation. And obviously the children mm-hmm. were just like, "No, fuck off! We don't want like a translation." Um, but it's just like it. It's still. Like so it's still it's still so that mad happen. that just like but yeah that, and like like you were saying about language and like the Irish language as well just like yeah maybe this English judge is just like he just he just thinks the Irish language is just he might have just heard Irish phrases and just think oh that means IRA or that means terrorism or something and it's just like it's in it's so important is that, is that kind language of the... isn't it that's like 
Yeah, I, think. I mean, yeah, and I think I think most people probably, hopefully, don't naturally assume a connection there. But um, yeah, either that is that is definitely very like horrible that that judge sort of decided that. But um, you'd, want, you'd yeah, wonder why though, like yeah, what, you would what, wonder what, why, especially something as other reasons. Like, doing it yeah definitely I don't I yeah I mean definitely a hangover isn't there from I think the generation above us and you always say this Regine there's so much like Irish history that we as your English friends don't know there's like definitely yeah. a like a separateness to like Irish culture and Irish language that comes across sometimes almost as like a differentness doesn't it for like better yeah. or worse and it's like the stuff like that's still going on highlights that there is still that like that like difference yeah. and being like oh no you're like part of the UK but it's like a different I don't know what do you yeah we've spoken about this before th- haven't we yeah I think it is interesting that people I think because it we're such close neighbours people do tend to have opinions but maybe but they don't necessarily know the full history which I was quite surprised when I moved over here how much people didn't necessarily know and mm. I think I went you know I went to a school where I, I learned all about Irish history like that was sort of the core one of the core things you learned about and also obviously just um being from there and you know from family history and whatever you do you learn about all that but you grew, you grew um, up in Belfast is that right Rishine? Yeah, yeah 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 and but obviously a lot of that history is connected to the English so yeah it is um, it was quite funny when I came over that people didn't know everything. I mean, now I sort of think, you know, I sort of understand it maybe a bit better. But, you know, it's still, it still is. I mean, it is quite strange and obviously not even related to Ireland, but it's quite obviously topical at the minute. But the fact that English people are not taught about their history in other countries at all, which is yeah. really, 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 really Terrible. strange. I, mean, I, I find yeah. it strange from one country that, you know, isn't in any way sort of the ongoing worst affected at all and I think it's just symptomatic of the larger thing of England and it is it's like obviously maybe something that's done deliberately but it is quite um jarring how much English students aren't our English you know kids are not taught about their own history and you know the implications of that how that had on the rest of the world yeah um yeah, I, well, I I found it quite when when I first went to uni, I found it because obviously I'm from like an Irish Catholic family, and I went to a Catholic school in in Bradford, and ninety percent of like the people there from like Irish Catholic yeah. families, so yeah, kind of always knew it. So I've I've found it quite weird going to uni and meeting new people that they didn't get that as well. Yeah, and it's not weird. even just. Not even just um, necessarily a complete unawareness that almost would have been better, but like a skewed knowledge or like an assumed sort of knowledge, but like completely on the other sides or, you know, a complete um, non-understanding of like I am happen to be from a background that is like Catholic and, you know, consider myself Irish, not not in an extremist sense, but um, you know, so I've learned sort of both sides in a way. But um, yeah, people who really, really just naturally assume 
things from the British side um, yeah. without really understanding the other side was quite, you know, if they just didn't know anything at all, that'd be fine. But it's, it was quite um, unusual to sort of, and maybe that's just because that, that I came from a certain background, but, you know, to find people who really believe certain things about even my history without understanding the whole thing. So yeah it's quite it's I think it's interesting because of the close proximity and because you know in many ways we're quite indistinguishable like we're the you know we look very similar we have the same Mm -hmm. language we you know so you know I wouldn't I didn't come over thinking I was like moving the other side of the world by any means at all of course not but it is funny when um you come over and people do have very different um perspectives on your what you consider your history yeah and your whole but, um, identity as well I imagine yeah yeah I mean yeah and obviously for me and the generation I come from it's less um you know less active and less prominent but it, you know it's still especially when I first came over here you know everyone when they're young is a bit more um identity extreme and that kind of thing so yeah yeah it was a bit funny but yeah it's it's interesting and I think it's definitely something that's helped me consider you know wider issues in a as well like and yeah in terms of like Britain's own attitude toward like Ireland is a very small factor in the much bigger bigger history of British empire and etc so yeah it's interesting to sort of expand these ideas of what you have about your own culture and just think yeah that it's I don't know something definitely to be looked at I think. yeah completely completely i think yeah there's there's a there's a lot to be done isn't there i think everyone who's grown up in england maybe just needs to know more about just about shit you know yeah we didn't learn we only learned about irish history so bearing in mind i did history gcse a level and did international relations and politics at uni the only time Mm -hmm. i've learned about irish history is when we were doing English and we did um your dad Seamus Heaney mm-hmm. my dad Seamus Heaney no, how are you good I'm glad to bring that up <laughs> we did Seamus Heaney and then we did another lady as well who wrote about like um Irish history in poems but then didn't mm-hmm. we haven't I've never I've never read a textbook on Irish history for example or I've never had a mm. lesson on Irish history and if anyone was going to it, it yeah. should be me Sam, you're laughing at Seamus Heaney. Yeah, I'm laughing that you said that um, Seamus Heaney was Rasheen's dad after we've just spoken about, you know, not. No, she's related. <laughs> she's related to him. It's, he he, he is. He's he like my your dad's cousin. Or something. Exactly. He's my dad's, dad's cousin. cousin. Okay, come on. Uh, okay, fair enough. So, who made right. an assumption there, Samuel? Yeah, it's my dad's cousin. Dad's cousin. That's you pretty, know, I, that's pretty my awesome. Family Rush, I mean, it is. My family are all shot. I got through a whole English Lit degree without bringing up the fact that I can't believe you didn't bring it up but it is I can't <laughs> I just, you didn't, I just you didn't, didn't get through you didn't I, get through 20 minutes of this podcast <laughs> you didn't <laughs> look all you need to do um, is tell a few people and then they bring it up for you it's a big deal whatever they don't hand Nobel prizes out to anybody okay that's true they don't <laughs> who's inheriting who's inheriting that you you machine I mean it should be but I haven't got the call yet, but I'll just get my own, you know. Yeah, that's true. Lovely, like really good attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, so maybe we've we've 
spoken about Ireland enough. So what's your film what's your film choice, Machine? <laughs> oh God. So the reason I choose this, I'm not gonna lie, the song in the book. I do like to watch films a lot, but I just I have a problem when I try to remember what my favourite film is. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the process. Rasheem and I was like, so Rasheem, what film are you gonna choose? And she was like, I honestly can't remember any of the films apart from Goodwill Hunting <laughs> and then kept trying to think of scenes to like match them to a film and every scene that she thought of was like also from Goodwill why. Hunting <laughs> I'm not even it's not even that good a film like it's definitely not you know Goodwill Hunting is a good it. film my whole like visual field of trying to think of films is just so blocked by like Goodwill Hunting. I don't know why. Like it is a nice film. It's it's a it's a fact. If you, if you haven't seen it, maybe watch it. But honestly, like it's not by any stretch of the imagination. Like something who that's really hasn't who me. hasn't seen Goodwill Hunting? I don't know. I don't know. Everyone, I don't know. Everyone's, everyone's seen Goodwill Hunting. Exactly. It's not like I don't know why, but it's the only only thing that comes to mind. And sometimes, like even yeah, on the day where I'm like, right, I want to watch this wee film and. I always want something kind of cozy. I think it should be like maybe set in like a nice university city in America, like sort of <laughs> autumnal vibes, and like maybe Boston. And it's like that's what you're. I'm describing Goodwill Hunting like that. <laughs> I want like an underdog, like like a cheap yeah, breakfast, like, but there's and a barrier, they, and, and maybe maybe like a sort of like unusual but strikingly beautiful sort of British love interest. I don't know. Like, <laughs> It's, yeah. it's Goodwill Hunting. Anyway, Goodwill Hunting's not my favourite movie. I want to make that clear. Yeah, yeah. But it's that's, only... not the, that's not the actual choice, is it? No, it's not. But that's the only thing that comes to mind when I think of the other film. And I don't know why. Anyway. So, so the actual choice. Actual choice is called Into the West. And it's an Irish film, whatever. If anyone hasn't noticed... Roshi McCann, Roshi Mary McCann is an Irish Catholic, and um, <laughs> and this is a just honestly, I did really struggle to pick a film, so this is just one that um, after Goodwill Hunting, this is the second one that came to mind, and it's just one that we you know we had on video and sort of watched. I I really really faintly remember my granddad having this on VHS. Oh really? Yeah, from when maybe yeah. I was like four years old and then I watched the I didn't remember it when you said it and then I watched yeah. the trailer and it kind of came back to me so yeah. I'm gonna try and like sum up what the film is from the trailer and my like vague and your understanding. memories okay. of when I was four years old so <clears throat> <laughs> here we go <laughs> so a horse just turns up and basically this guy and his two sons are like, what's this horse doing? And then this horse starts leading them back somewhere. And then the guy turns out he used to be an Irish traveller or his dad was an Irish traveller, like the king of the travellers. And then they're going back and, and it's kind of like a finding yourself journey. Um, and the, and the, two, the two kids are like, really getting into it and they love the horse and then obviously the Garda um, they're not vibing with this kind of free 
free reign, just traveling over Ireland with a horse vibe. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I can kind of, that's all I've joined together in my brain over the past day. I is think it, is, that, done... any, is, is that it? That's like, that's a really good try, Sam. That's a really nice wee job you've done there. I think that's <laughs> B plus. I feel like you've done better than I could have done. So <laughs> that's it. There's a horse. There's a maybe ex-Irish traveller and they travel around Ireland and that's why it's my favourite film. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really sweet film. You you got it, yeah. There's a horse that comes along. Do you remember what the horse is called? This is important. Uh, No, it's got like an, it's it's quite an Irish name, isn't it? Well, have you heard of Tiernan Og? No. Okay. Let let myself down here. I know. I feel ashamed. Honestly, as a as a second generation Irish Catholic from Huddersfield, you should really know what to do. Oh know fuck that. off! I'm not from Huddersfield. <laughs> oh, sorry, from Bradford. Bradford. Can't believe that. So Tiernan Og is the in Irish Irish mythology is the land of the of land of like eternal youth. It's basically like not heaven because you don't go there when you die. But anyway. It's all got lots of like Irish mythology in it. This horse turns up. I think it's the granddad who finds the horse, but will not split hairs. And um, <laughs> and then yeah, the two wee boys. It's just it's just a really nice film about like Irish traveling community and sort of. Wait, so is that the Irish horse's mythology. name? Sorry to interrupt. Here in an Oog, yeah, is like the horse's name, and it can like jump. How do they know the any... horse's name? So. <sighs> Magic. I probably should have rewatched the film. Ma- yeah, magic. magic. Why not? Magic. That's, Can that's it, it. Magic. Is it a magic or? slash Catholic? No, no. It, thing is, it's not. It's not that kind of crack. It's not like a m- magic kind of movie in that way. But the ch- the horse can jump like, very, very high, higher right, than okay. any mm-hmm. horse you've ever seen in your life, Charlie. So okay. Um. Yeah. And this. <laughs> so I'm actually now trying please. to. Yeah. Okay. So maybe sorry, not magic in the kind of the horse can talk way. No, it can't sorry. talk, sorry. Charlie. It can't talk, but it can. But how jump. do people know its name? <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of mythology and kind of magic okay. in Ireland. Okay, some things can't be explained. Yeah. Especially if that's true. I'm having a very English attitude. Yeah, not to an English person like you. Irish film. You are. Yeah. You know, it's not just this like linear understanding. A horse turns up, can there's no rules, and says, "There's no rules." That's what you have to remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Sorry. Um. Exactly. You should be. Not just about this, but everything. Um. Yeah. So (laughs) it's just a really great movie. (laughs) <laughs> I have a confession. I don't just it's not that it's an Irish film. My issue is I hate I don't really like films about animals. Like I it's not care. really about the I don't horse. Really care about animals it's about the brother's film. relationship yeah. and the horse look it's it, Charlie. It's a, it's a homecoming it's, movie. Okay. Also can I point out I love the movie. I don't want to start backtracking, but it's just a nice movie that I I know I'm I'm backtracking, so I'm gonna stop, but it's yeah, a good no, movie. stick to your. It hasn't. Um, yeah. I'm going to stick to my guns. You're you're yeah. now like muscling me out of my choice here. Yeah, don't let me but... influence you just because I. No, just because you're English. Yeah, it's fine. Because I'm English, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I ever doubted for a second that this would turn in to a podcast purely, nearly about Irish English relationships when it we was knew with it Sam. Was, like, it was always I knew. Going to. <laughs> I knew. Like, oh, Sam. No, I the, 
<laughs> the majority of our interactions after like a certain number of drinks in fellow was just like an ash drinks. I don't know why I thought this was going to be any different. No, we we spoke for about ten minutes at first about you know what, whatever you're doing now, and then we'll yeah. we got onto the <laughs> Irish stuff come pretty together, quickly. Chat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just say come um, together has no political I was actually told I had to say that. Yeah, my views do not reflect those people come together collective, but. So, Rasheen, you're talking earlier about come together collective yeah. and how you kind of use, I mean, you've used some conventional spaces for like fundraisers and stuff, but generally have used kind of your houses and other spaces and turned them into exhibition spaces or pop-up cinemas or whatever. So what, mm-hmm. what for you is the importance of kind of doing that? I think like in the first place, you know, the deciding that we wanted to do it and that was obviously the space that we had and kind of the idea of I mean I mean I sort of didn't really necessarily think about this until afterwards but you know it started off as such a like almost off the cuff idea and we you know just like a we can do it so let's just do it sort of thing um Mm -hmm. but I'm not really expecting it necessarily to be that much and I think even coming up to it I was like what the hell? Like I've just decided that I'm gonna have this thing in my you house. Like why, do I, why, like why? Like you know, like why do I think that's gonna work? Like you know, and obviously you have we like stresses when you've made a big deal about something, and then you're like, is it actually gonna work? Yeah. Um, but what was nice is that it actually turned out to be like such a lovely, lovely event. So many people came. It was gorgeous and. People walked in off the street, really, didn't they? It wasn't yeah, they just did. Like, they, yeah. I think on a, you kind of downplayed is it's not just like our mates or like friends of the artist. Mm. It's like a community. Yeah, <laughs> like people, a little yeah, big exactly. I know. <laughs> it is like a, you made friends. You? There was a guy who like came in on yeah. the way back from Morrison's and then he just stayed. Yeah. Yeah, we made really... Yeah, there was a guy who... Um, we had just like a sign. We actually had a few cute stories. Like we had a sign just on the street that Ellie painted and he came off just out of that. And he ended up being someone who worked for sort of a local magazine, Chilton Open Up. And then through him, we ended up putting our next uh, event, or not our next event, but our February event in their magazine. And then me and Anya, um, our friend, were putting up posters one day in Man Bites Frog. And we sort of asked this couple to kind of get it like to, move so we could put a poster up and then we ended up chatting to them and told tell them about the event and then they ended up coming and now that's Yasmin and David who are like now really good friends of ours and Yasmin does a lot of stuff with us with us as well so it kind of like really ended up being exactly what we wanted to be it was like an opportunity yeah. to so it's, it makes it like super accessible I suppose if it's exactly, not yeah. there's no there's no kind of institution that you have to go go by yeah, or go through to kind of get get the art yeah, or get whatever it is to very, people yeah 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 and very like um yeah open and not it doesn't have to be within I mean you know I'm not someone I didn't study art or you know curation or anything like that so that's what I mean by when I was putting it on I was like you know this is obviously something that people do in this really serious way so maybe this isn't going to work but because it was in our home very like you know completely DIY it was nice to know that you can actually do something like you know you don't have to 
you sort of imagine there's like sort of gatekeepers of this kind of thing and I think a yeah. lot of people maybe think that and I I think that with a lot of things that I want to do is like it's somehow happening in this world that I don't have access to or that I have to do all this stuff to get myself into and it all feels very you know happening somewhere else or you have to have all this experience and it was just it was a really really nice feeling even just yeah. personally to put this thing on and for it to actually be a success and to be like you know you can just decide to do something you don't have to wait you know you don't have to be within certain circles or within yeah you don't have to wait until someone allows you to do something just do it yourself yeah exactly exactly which is not yeah which was a really nice thing to like in start to internalize because it's definitely something I think about a lot of things that oh you know I can't do this because blah 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 or because I'm not part of this yeah. thing or these people know something that I don't know or are capable in a way that I'm not capable and then just the fact that it just did happen you know it was hard work but not not through any sort of strange elusive sort of like means it just happened because we decided to do it and we had the friends and talent to do it and that's like such yeah. such, such a nice feeling. I think that's yeah that's so rewarding when you you kind of realize that I mean when I kind of like met like Danny and like, I think we're next week, we're going to be talking to um, Ed Crisp who runs Delicious Clam in Sheffield. And mm-hmm. just that kind of spirit of just not waiting for people to tell you that you're allowed to do something and just for just start exactly. getting on with it and doing it yourself. That's so important. And especially think yeah. in, the, in the, in the culture that we're living in now. Yeah, that is. That is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Rasheen did a really good for her second one. Um, well, it was so the second, yeah, the second one was oh, yeah, sorry. RSMA yeah. with like Lanks organized, um, which was a fundraiser for RSMA, which was lovely. And then, yeah, we had like the second one sort of that happened in this house was in February. That was the picture mm-hmm. house. Um, yeah, and that was like. So that happened over two, well, there was two separate events on the Thursday and the Saturday. And it was like a, we had an exhibition and we had a, um, like short sort of film screening as well from people from, a lot of them were from Cholton, but yeah, sort of like local filmmakers. And then we had the classic bedroom gig in Molly's bedroom. Um, and there was four musicians, so two on each night. And then we had, um, visual artists as well so to sort of keep in line with the moving we had sort of a moving image thing we had like visual artists over the performance as well and that was like really really cute we nights i think we had maybe eight different filmmakers is this did you show um, beth sabies film was this we show beth sabies yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah i watched that this week that's incredible yeah, yeah so yeah. that was that was it like we had such a nice mix yeah so we had sunny beth sunny, like, sunny by beth saby shout out if anyone yeah. wants to go and watch that yeah, yeah go so watch good. it it's on vimeo yeah it's amazing yeah it was so beautifully shot so we had like yeah a really nice mix of like people like beth stuff and so many animations and that kind of thing and then sort of to open up the thing jim um and a few others we had like a little short film it was like two or three minutes long that we filmed going from the beagle which i don't know if you know sam but the beagle is like where i work um yeah i right had a drink street. with you there like was it this year oh yeah of course of course yeah yeah i did i have been up to manchester with rich at some yeah. point since i moved yeah no um with rich you and all yeah yeah so that's where we filmed it 
just there and it was like this it was so good like they're they obviously studied film and everything but I was just expecting this like little shite sort of on your iPhone thing but they filmed this like amazing sort of short film to sort of introduce the whole thing which was really fun that was done on like I think we did it only like a few a week or two before like they managed to pull it together so quickly and that was really nice because that was like a really nice collab with we had the boys doing the actual filming and the editing and the scripting we had loads and loads of our friends as extras and as characters in the film it was like almost like a music video we had singing over the top and that was like Molly and Anya and Sarah Louise and a lot of our friends here musicians did the music for that so that in itself was a really nice like collaborative thing and that kind of opened the whole film screening um so massive shout out to Jim and Ollie and I really can't remember the last guy's name I feel really bad but they made the film <laughs> and that was like, like I have an Instagram but yeah that they were the ones who that made guy, the, that guy um, on Instagram but they yeah it they made that, so that good. it was like proper, it was, it like was really good yeah it was it? yeah amazing it was so good if you want to look at it if you want to watch it it's on our Instagram can I do some plugs Sam I've been instructed by the Come Together Collective. So Come Together Collective on Instagram. That's our at handle. Also, we have a um, website that's going to be launching. It hasn't launched yet, but imminently in the next few weeks. It's going to be cometogethercollective.co.uk. Go follow us. Well, and, yeah, we'll put know. we'll put all the links in the in the description as well because yeah, people okay, should class. definitely get to know. Should we move on to your song? It actually comes all the way from Australia. Yeah, it's it's um, come out it's come out you black and tans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> come out you black and tans slash brown eyed girl. I don't know which is more cliche Irish one in one very certain way. <laughs> go on, go on home, British soldiers is the one I wanted to choose, but Sam vetoed it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the song is don't let the kids win by julia jacqueline yeah beautiful song which lovely beautiful song dog. yeah don't let the kids win yeah it's gorgeous yeah the reason i chose this one um is because it's one of the first songs that I got into of Julia Jacqueline's I don't even it's not necessarily my favorite Julia Jacqueline song but it's one of them you know she's got so many crackers but um it's one of the first ones that I got into of hers and she ended up being like a real soundtrack for me for like a very long time I think just sort of when I finished uni that kind of first year out of uni first year and a bit maybe out of uni you know it's a it's an emotional time <laughs> it's like weird yeah it's a I was talking to somebody about this um the other day actually um mm. a friend of mine who's just finishing uni it's because everything like when you're when you're at school and when you're at uni everything has such a depth the expectations of you are so clear like you're just like yeah, I just need to get to this I just need, I need to do this to get to that point and then I'm going to do this and then when you finish uni yeah. it's like it's endless like life like is endless absolutely there's very there's very clear goals even though they can be very stressful there's very clear goals and ends and and 
and the reward at the end of those goals are very sort of big like you get a degree at the end you know you work towards yeah. this very it's very you straightforward about this machine, didn't you did you write you wrote something I can remember yeah um I think maybe like a for? year um it's a magazine called Moonhood magazine which is also a really nice one to check out yeah I wrote uh, a piece called the labyrinth of post uni life and at the time I just thought labyrinth was a good name for it but look up the definition of labyrinth as I did and it is that's what basically I felt about my post uni life um a lot of potential paths that you don't really know where they all go and they could lead you to the right way and they could not and I think that was the kind of thing of yeah just yeah it just basically all these kind of potential things that, that lay in front of you and I think especially because you know I didn't do a vocational um degree it was English it was French and so I think when you don't have a very strong focus or you know a very clear focus then yeah it's easy to it's easy to hum and ha a lot and just sort of you know it's a bit like that choice paralysis kind of thing sort of choice paralysis but also everything does feel a bit everything you do is quite small at the start which is fine but it is quite hard when you can't see where all these things are leading and yeah it's just a bit and also everyone's asking you what you're doing so not only do you have (gasps) honest god everyone's asking what you're doing who are you gonna be what are you gonna be when are you gonna yeah when are you gonna grow up or or like oh so what did you study English oh so you're gonna be a teacher then yeah, that's, like, I think if you if which, you study English, everyone's like, "Oh, so when are you when are yeah. you gonna get your PGCE?" It's like, yeah. which like obviously <laughs> huge, huge, ginormous shout out to teachers because it's like probably one of the hardest and most important jobs when you're when you first come out of uni. It's just it's yeah, it's one of those things where you just don't know, and it feels like anyway. That's what the article was about, just sort of the kind of and having all these epiphanies all the time. <laughs> Of like, I woke up one day and I know exactly what I'm gonna do, and it's like, yeah. just epiphany after epiphany, and like they're going on sale, honestly. But yeah, so, <laughs> but yeah, during that time, I was listening to a lot of Julia Jacqueline, and um, I think "Don't Let the Kids Win" is a good example of like the way that she writes songs. What I love about her songs is she. I feel like the lyrics. Um, and the way that she writes is not, it's not like extremely flamboyant or extremely, no, you know, over the top. It's very, very simple, but it really is very sort of tangible, isn't it? You, you can, it's very, it's, yeah, <clears throat> you can exactly. Feel like it's, you, you can understand it straight away, but it's still exactly. so powerful. It, but it, but it just like hits, I don't know whether it's just, it hits the deal on the head in this very certain way, which I, I think I love about a lot of writing is, you know, not, not saying anything too obtuse or whatever which you know is nice as well but very very simple but just yeah there's a line in it I listened to it I've, I've heard it like quite a few times before but then I, when you told me your choice I listened to it back and there was a line that I really disliked I mean there's loads of lines like this like it's kind of all this like yeah. little two 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 liners which kind of yeah. like this yeah. but one that got me was like don't let your brother stop thinking you're cool that's what yeah. I was gonna uh... say what? Yeah, what I know he's got a girlfriend now, and he's taller. But don't that mean don't? But that don't mean that he stops mean he looking, stopped up, to looking, looking yeah. up to you. Yeah, 
And it's so it's yeah, so true. And, and I kind I kind of looked at that like from like I'm the younger brother in that situation because I've only got an older brother. But like, mm-hmm. st- it's still that kind of hit home. It's such a nice line. Yeah, and and yeah, I've the way she structures were so tall as well. So I remember like hearing that line for the first time and being like, "It's so how do you like know that that was like." Yeah, like, yeah. How did you know that was a thing to write a song about? Like, I would. But that's really, a, yeah. You have. How do you know to put that in a song when it's something? Yeah, that that's I've the thing. Around with. And that's the thing. Like, and I think all the verses in that song are like sort of specific things that could happen in a family. Like you're, you know, and but then that, and it's not this like again. It's not this very metaphorical over the top thing. It's very tangible, like you said, Sam. But and then just the chorus of like, um, I've got a film, this will never change. We're going to keep on getting older. It's going to keep on feeling strange. And like, that is so nice. To, you know, all this stuff's happening, whatever, like all these little actual specific things. And then it's just like so simple. Like that's not the most complicated thought in the world, but just the way she puts it is so like, it doesn't give you even any answers, but it's just like, yeah, we're going to yeah. keep on getting older and it's going to keep on feeling strange. And like, is that not the most true thing ever oh what i like about julia jackson as well is that she can and like i think the same as you and i think van morrison does it as well and kind Mm -hmm. of maybe a lot of the songwriters that we like is that they can quantify something really simple that you can't that you can't really explain yourself as well so like you can like i was saying earlier about like you know things don't exist if there isn't a language to place it with and sometimes mm-hmm. like things don't you feel something but it doesn't really exist until someone else puts the language to it and I think she can do that yeah. really well yeah or, yeah I mean put, yeah that was yeah very nicely put it's like yeah you and the got one, this what's the one about the thing um will I be a mother while I always be a child? And it's about Poor like looking on for her to like be like, you're already, you're going to grow up now, you're going to be a mother. And she's yeah. like, oh, but what if I'm dancing? Or like, what if I'm sleeping? Yeah. Like, what if I miss this one opportunity? That's the thing. It's like, she doesn't, she almost, like she never takes the position of like giving you an answer. Like it's, you're always almost like whatever experience you relate to her song, she's kind of like there along with you. Like she doesn't, it's not like this big answer or this, it's just, you know what I mean? Like she just sort of explains these things that she doesn't have an answer to, but it, she explains the feeling really well, yeah. um, which is like really, really nice. Or like, yeah, and that one she's got like, um, oh, my sweet sister, you've always been braver than me, which I just think is such a cute little line. Like she's going through this whole thing about will I ever be able to be a mother and da 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 da, da and things that we've all, well, at least maybe as women have probably thought maybe some of us but like then obviously I think and I remember when she was when she was playing in Manchester she said like she wrote this song after her sister was pregnant and it's just a really sweet wee line of like she's going through those things and then she just says my sweet sister you've always been braver than me because obviously her sister's going off doing it and it's just like this really simple line that is just really I I find really really sweet I um, I really yeah. fell in love with the maybe about two years ago or last year um i don't know how to keep loving you i just could not stop playing oh yeah oh yeah that's just magic tune isn't it that is amazing i did i did think i'd have wanted to ask you 
a question of has mm-hmm. has anyone in England had difficulty in pronouncing your name and do you have any stories regarding <laughs> that? Oh my god. Are you asking me to tell the story? Yeah, I was saying the story? story. I was like <laughs> just just to see us out, can you tell us a story? Settle down, children. <sighs> okay. It's story. Do, you, do you want me to do like an ASMR style or something? Just because. Oh yeah, like, please. Yeah, talk us out. Okay. I feel like Sam. I like honestly. I've told this story to you so many times. I hope I can still do it. It's been. It's been. I made you tell it. No, I love. Yesterday. She I did love, make I me tell it. the other day. It's my favorite. I think it's my okay. favorite story ever. <laughs> okay, so I don't know how I should begin, but basically. My name is Roshin. It's a common Irish name, but obviously it's not always that easy to pronounce. So let's all just remember that for some people in England, they can't necessarily pronounce it that well. Anyway, the story begins in the end of June 2015. I am a little 19-year-old first-year student about to make the long journey home from Manchester to Belfast. I've got all my ludicrous amounts of stuff packed up in a big suitcase that I thought I would need at uni. And to get home, because I've got so much stuff, I've decided to take the National Express bus, which goes from Manchester. The bus goes to Scotland. I think it's Carmine from there. So you have to catch the boat. You go back to Belfast. Anyway, so there's a there's an option that you can take it overnight. So you, it leaves at midnight. You sort of are supposed to sleep the whole time, whatever. It gets you there in the morning. So I get this bus. It leaves Manchester around midnight. Um, we're going for a few hours. And I think we're like an hour or two outside of Preston. That's the last place I remember we're being. And we stop at a service station. And maybe if you listeners are aware of this service station but anyway apparently it's quite a famous one but you we get off at this service station and they say okay so uh we're going to stop here for about for no for half an hour and then you have to be back on the bus in half an hour and we're going to continue on the journey so I um at the time I don't I didn't have a smartphone I just had like a little scrapper phone so I took that with me I think I had like a laptop I took that whatever get off the bus go into the service station and on arrival at the service station there's a WH Smith, a Crunchy Cream Donuts, and a Costa. Those are sort of the three main businesses going there. And I'm like looking around and then uh there's like this like sort of stairs you can go up on this big bridge. So I'm like and there's like signs like a Burger King. And even though it's like two in the morning at this point, I'm like, I could go for a Burger King, whatever. Like I'm 19, I'll do what I want. So I'm 19, my metabolism's still okay. I'm gonna have a Burger King. So I like cross the bridge, come down these stairs. There's no Burger King to be seen, come down these stairs. And I come into an area that has a Dubby Hit Smith, a Crunchy Cream Donuts, and a Costa Cream Donut, and a Costa Coffee thing. So I think that's weird. Like, I swear I've just, like, come across a bridge and gone down some stairs, and I haven't gone back. But I'm back in the same place that I was originally, obviously, because there's these three businesses here that were here the first place, <laughs> so I must just be back where I was before. Don't really understand how the physics of that works, but I'm back where I was before somehow. So I sit there for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And then I'm like, oh, it's about 10 minutes to go. So better go back and get on this bus just to be on the safe side. So go outside and there's no bus to be seen. Um, there's lots of lorries and trucks everywhere, but no National Express bus with all, 
my stuff on it to be seen so I'm like what the fuck like running around like where the hell is this bus like da 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 like I'm literally running around this park car park like I was just here 20 minutes ago like it's not even half past yet like where the hell is this bus da 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 I've been stranded I've no idea where I am running around and then I went to the guy in Costa and was like do you I don't know why you would but like do you know where this because I'm 19 you know I think everyone in the world is there to help me because I'm a baby but I was like do you know where this bus to Belfast is going or and he's just like what no and I was just like oh my god I was ringing my dad in Belfast at two in the morning like whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like daddy there's a, the bus is left without me like, I don't know where like, would you calm down? I'm like, no. Anyway, I'm like running around, running around, running around, like da 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 for ages. He's like, oh god, like oh my god, right? Okay, da, da. and then I go up to the guy in Costa again, sort of asking him these questions. And then he was like, oh wait, wait, wait. Uh, so the bus to Belfast. I'm like, yeah, it's like going to Scotland, and then it's going to go to Belfast. And he was like, that'll be in like the northbound side. This is the southbound side. So I was like, oh my God. And like ran across this bridge, running, 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 running with like, I've taken my glasses off for some reason. They're in my hand and they like snap and fall behind the stairwell. So they've never, they're probably still in that stairwell. <laughs> they're being seen again. I'm like running, running. By the time I get to the northbound side, which is looks exactly the same. I can't exaggerate this enough. They look exactly the same. There's a W.H. Smith, there's a Crunchy King Jones, and there's a Carlson thing. They're they're identical. They're identical. They're identical, okay? And by this time, the bus has actually left. So it has actually, the situation has actually unfolded. So I'm like there, and you know, as a like a you know sight older adult no I'm like this that wasn't that bad but like you know as a baby I was just like oh my god I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere on the motorway I don't have any connection to anything I've got a scrapper phone like I can't even go on the internet on my phone all I've got is my printed out National Express ticket and my mommy and daddy's home phone number <laughs> so they're in Belfast like on the phone it's about half two in the morning at this point and I'm like, first of all, I'm crying my eyes out. My dad's like, right, you're going to need to give me some information. Like, what is the reference code on your ticket? Like, da-da. And I, like, I'm like, no, there's no point. Like, I'm crying. He's like, why don't we just at least try to make this somehow solved? Anyway, so he phones National Express, which, by the way, has a helpline at that time in the morning if anyone ever needs it. But he's on the phone to them. He's like trying to give them this information. He's like, man, you love my 19-year-old daughter on her own and da-da-da. Um, he's, he's trying to talk to them my mom in the meantime phones the Lancashire police because I feel like nobody will have ever met my mom but like she would yeah she's maybe the definition of anxiety so she like rang the Lancashire police I mean who wouldn't rang the Lancashire police so she's got them on one line my dad is like on the other line and then the woman on National Express like isn't as panicked as my dad maybe hopes she would be and she's like well I'm gonna have to put you on hold and he's like don't you I mean you don't I love my dad but you don't want to be on the other end of a customer service line with him and he's like don't you fucking put me on hold and then accidentally in his anger hangs up on the woman on National Express so that's certainly so basically like I'm like sat here this like edging on three in the morning completely stranded my mom's like on the phone to Lancashire, like traffic police being like, you need to go pick her up. She's stranded. And then 
uh, I get a text from the Lancashire police being like, um, we're going to ring you in shortly uh, off a number and you're going to have to like talk to us or whatever. And then so a little while later, me like in hysteria, I've literally, up to this point, I've gone up to every single man who's wearing a high-vis jacket that I can see because I'm like, you must somehow work for the bus company. And they're all like, do you really feel sorry for me but can't help whatsoever? I get through now. So anyway, I get this phone call from this unknown number and I'm like, hello. And they're like, hello, is this Raisin? I'm like, yes, this is she. <laughs> and basically... It wasn't. It wasn't the Lancashire Police. It was actually somehow National Express, who, for whatever information my dad had given them, had managed to contact me. And we're like, okay, right, listen. So, your bus on is now waiting for you, like an hour or more down the road. This bus that's going to Edinburgh is going to come off its course to pick you the fuck up and bring you to your. <laughs> this is a bus that has to like catch a boat to Belfast part of the whole deal basically the main takeaway from that whole scenario was that now a whole like generation of my friends call me Mason instead of Rashi Raisin, Raisin McCann Raisin McCann Raisin Elf so if anyone ever hears me being called Raisin that's the origin of that, that all's, all's well that ends is, well though all's, all's well that ends well Yes, that's even the worst story. Yeah. Oh god, I love shame. that story. So, so. Thanks for being such a a great guest, Rishi. Yeah, I feel like I've learned Thanks. stuff today. This has been like entertainment, but also a lot of education for me as well. So, thanks, guys. Hey, that's that's that's, that's what we're aiming did, for: education you. and entertainment. Yeah, perfect. Uh, I hope I haven't oh. rambled too much. Awesome. Lovely. All right. Well, Let's see you later, guys. To... Thanks, Lovely Rasheen. Lovely to see you. A yeah, pleasure. Thanks, Sam. Nice um... to see you, guys. Lovely to see you. Give my jelly. Well, Dave, see you Bye, later. Bye. Our chat with Rasheen, and what a lovely chat it was. I think it was Charlie. a lovely chat. It was. If you if you want to follow Come Together on Instagram, it's um, at Come Together Collective. And there's lots of there's Rasheen stuff that she's doing, but there's lots of opportunity to like find like artists and musicians or uh, filmmakers, people doing cool stuff that you didn't know about before as well. So it's definitely worth a follow, I would say. And if you're enjoying the podcast, give us a follow on Instagram. We, we love, we'd love yep, an Insta true. follow. So we're at one book, one film, one song. Tell your friends, tell your family. Tell your colleagues. Yeah. Like and subscribe. You can subscribe, I think. Follow on Spotify, all those bits. And I suppose we could put a shout out if you, if you know anyone who you think or you are someone that would you know, be an interesting guest on the show. We'd we'd quite like to hear from people. Uh, next week, we've already got our guest booked. How professional of us! Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking to Ed Crisp next week, a legend in the Sheffield <laughs> DIY scene, and he's doing a lot of good stuff with food banks and stuff like that as well. So we're going to chat to Ed and see what he's been getting up to. Yeah, I'm really excited. Perfect. Well, I'll speak to you next week. Yeah, yeah. Have a good one. Um, stay safe. Stay, stay safe. safe out there, everybody. Stay far apart.
Yeah. You didn't. Stay right here. <laughs> they should swing.